Greetings in the precious name of the Lord Jesus. Welcome to each one. Friends from near and far and local brothers and sisters, good to see you all. Appreciated the thoughts that were shared here this morning. Um, Those thoughts about Joseph are probably thoughts that we don't think about so, so often. But it was, it was a reality. <clears throat> kind of makes you wonder how Mary explained to Joseph what was going on from her perspective. God has his ways. <clears throat> I think I would benefit to have a glass of water up here. Somebody could attend to that. <clears throat> All right, so for the message today, I um, so it's the last Sunday of 2021. As I was considering a message... You know, I've been in the book of First John probably almost the whole year, I think, most of it. Thank you. <clears throat> and so I, uh, as I was thinking about a message for this morning, I was, I was minded to change shift gears just for today. Um, And as the message was in the initial thought was beginning to develop in my mind, I was thinking I was totally disconnected from my last message that I preached. Uh, If you recall, the last message I preached was out of 1 John, and it was on the subject of love. And uh, I remembered uh, one of the brothers in testimony shared the thought that I will probably give the idea that I would probably be expanding on it further in the future. And I uh, hadn't particularly thought at that time that I would, but I knew it could. And so as I was preparing this message, I was thinking I'm going down a totally different vein of thought. Uh, Until the message began to develop, and I suddenly realized I'm actually continuing somewhat uh, on the, almost the continuation of the subject of love, but coming a bit from a different angle. So, um, if you wish to, you can turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 25. We will read that scripture in a bit here. 
where this message uh, began in my thoughts. So we're nearing the end of the calendar year. And this is probably a little more prevalent for me as a businessman than it is for some of you. But when I get close to the end of the year, there's a button on my computer that I push. I tap that button, and it gives me an analysis from January the 1st of 2020, or 2021, to the current date, and shows me what's been happening in my business, etc., and so, in just a very brief, very quickly, I can analyze what the whole year has been like. From a financial perspective. And then I got to thinking, so what would it be like if we could do that in our spiritual lives? If we could just tap a button and suddenly... There it is, a spreadsheet with everything, not, not the minute details, but the, uh, an analysis of what transpired in the year. And finally, at the bottom, how it's actually balancing out. Wouldn't that be interesting if we could do that? You know, let's, uh, we're going to read Matthew 25, and we're going to start at verse 14. And I think I'd like to read the, 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 the whole, the rest of the chapter, verse 14 to the end. Not that I'm going to based my message solely on this, but there's a, a prevailing thought that I want to get from this in a bit. And since it's a quite a bit of reading, why don't we read it um, responsively? And maybe we could even stand. And uh, I'll read the first verse, you all read the, the next verse and so on, and we'll We'll work our way down through beginning in verse 14 and read to the end of the chapter of Matthew 25. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country who called his own servants and delivered unto them his goods. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded with the same and made other five talents. But he that had received one went and digged in the earth and hid his Lord's money. And so he that had received five talents came and brought other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliveredst unto me five talents. Behold, I have gained beside them five talents more. 
He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliveredst unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown and gathering where thou hast not strawed. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou wicked and slothful servant, Thou knewest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered where I have not strawed. Thou oughtest therefore to have put my money to the exchange, and then at my coming I should have received my money Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. And cast ye the unprofitable servant into outer darkness. There shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was a hunger, and ye gave me meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in. Naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. When saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. For I was in hunger, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick, and in prison, and ye visited me not. Then shall they also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee in hunger, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and did not minister unto thee? And these shall go away into everlasting punishment, but the righteous into life eternal. Shall we pray? Father, again we say thank you, Lord, 
Thank you for this assembly. Thank you for all that are here. Thank you for the freedom to gather undisturbed. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for the word of God that we have uh, among us, readily available to us, that we can study it, we can search it out, we can be edified and exhorted and challenged by the truths of the scripture. Thank you, Father. Father, I ask now a blessing on this part of the service as well. Thank you for Thank you for blessing the service to this point, for giving inspiration to those who have uh, carried a responsibility. And Father, as we uh, continue the service, we just ask for that continued blessing, Lord. We can do nothing of ourselves, even as Jesus told us, and we acknowledge and, and uh, confess that this morning and ask, Father, for your help your guidance, your spirit. Lord, may the things that are shared here be your heart, and may we be edified and and uh, encouraged in our journey with you. May we be uh, may we be challenged, Lord, in the things of Christ, in the things of the kingdom, so that we can embrace more deeply. Uh, kingdom life, Lord, and uh, be faithful to you and the calling that you have in our lives while we are here on this earth, Lord. So again, we say thank you. Bless us now, Father, we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. You may be seated. So in this scripture that we read, we have, uh, of course, we had two different portions that we read, and the first one being that of the the talents that were given, and uh, of course, we have the two who were diligent with what they had been given, and uh their their uh, spreadsheet looked a little different than uh, the one who had only received one. You know, it's kind of uh, startling in a way to realize that this this very text is actually basically doing exactly what a what it happens when I push the button on my computer and see the analysis of the year. Except in this case, it was kind of the analysis of the lifetime. And these three individuals that are recorded here came and gave, showed what happened, what developed, what was the outcome. And we have the one who had only one talent and did nothing with it. And we know the story, we read it. Very sobering. <clears throat> and then we have those groups of people in the second portion of Scripture where we have the group who the Lord commends for all that they did do and 
they ask the question, when did we do it? Uh, We have the second group of people who are rebuked for what they didn't do. And they also ask the question, well, when was this? Uh, Not going to go into quite into all of that. uh, But there's something, like I said, I'd like to highlight a thought here. It's a fairly simple thought. This individual with the one talent and this group of people who were rebuked for not having done anything, there's things that each of those could have done, but they didn't do them. That's the the sobering thought that I'd like to draw out of that for the moment. There are things that they could have done, but they didn't do them. And the way these scriptures give it to us, it is given as the end of life. And uh, and if it's the end of life and we discover that there's things we could have done and we didn't do them, that's sort of a sobering, sad time to discover that. So maybe, maybe we're wise to occasionally consider and think about our lives and think about, uh, so how was the last year in review? If I review my life, what was it actually like? Now, I think again it's safe to say, as we think about our lives, there are things that we could have done. And the question is, did we do them? There are things that we could have done. Did we do them? In John chapter 13, verse 34, this is, these are just a couple of verses actually from the Gospel of John. These are familiar to us. Jesus speaking, he says, A new commandment I give unto you, that ye love one another as I have loved you, that ye also love one another. This is where the message begins to tie together with the last one. Another quote from first, from John here, 15.9, As the Father hath loved me, so have I loved you. Continue ye in my love. And then John 15, verse 12, This is my commandment, that ye love one another as I have loved you. So maybe we could ask the question this morning. So uh, let me make this statement first. So Jesus says that we are to love the way he loved us. So maybe we should ask ourselves the question, okay, 
How did Jesus love me? How did Jesus love you? What has God done for you and I? I'd like to spend a little bit of time thinking about that and then thinking about thinking about what God did for us and then thinking about whether we have reciprocated that then to our fellow man, which is really what Jesus is saying. As I have loved you, uh, that you would love one another. As I have loved you. <clears throat> So the first point I'd like to think about a little bit this morning, and I'm going to ask these points in the form of a question, have you been a recipient of grace? Even just think about it in the last year. Have you been a recipient of grace from God? What is grace? We'll try to give a little definition to it. Um, One of the dictionary, uh, Webster Dictionaries gives this definition. It's unmerited divine assistance given to humans for their regeneration or sanctification. B, it is a virtue coming from God. See a state of sanctification enjoyed through divine assistance. So that's uh, that's Webster. Uh, that's that's pretty good definition for for a uh, kind of a standard dictionary. Unmerited divine assistance given to human beings for their regeneration and sanctification. You know, the Bible, and when we think about grace, and we think about it this way, the, obviously it, it, the subject of grace is, is in the New Testament a lot. But uh, just looking at a few verses, and, and looking at a few verses as it more from the perspective of, uh, of the grace that is extended to us as human beings. John 16.20, uh, yeah, John, Romans 16.24 Paul says this as he's closing out the book. He says, The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with you all. So, the question was, have you been a recipient of grace? Well, if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, Paul was definitely wishing or blessing you with a blessing of grace. And... uh, Pronouncing it for you. First Corinthians chapter one, verse three and four. Grace be unto you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. I thank my God always on your behalf for the grace of God which is given you by Jesus Christ. So those verses talk about grace be unto you. And the grace of God which is given you. 
1 Corinthians 16.23, again at the end of a book, The Grace of Our Lord Jesus Christ Be With You. Uh, Hebrews 4.16, Let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. Uh, Verses that speak to us about grace given to us. 2 Peter 3.18, But grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To Him be glory both now and forever. Amen. And then one more verse in Titus chapter 1, verse 4. To Titus, mine own son, after the common faith, grace, mercy, and peace from God the Father and, from, and the Lord Jesus Christ our Savior. That's the beginning of the book of Titus, and those that that type of verse shows up a number of times in the New Testament. Grace, mercy, and peace. Grace and peace be multiplied. Grace, you know, those kind of verses. <clears throat> you know, it seems like we should try to understand a little bit more what grace really is. Uh, in other words, what does it do for us? You know, grace is multiplied to us. Grace is extended to us. Grace comes to us from God. It comes to us through Jesus Christ. Grace. What does that actually look like uh, in our lives? You know, for one thing, I think we can say it's, it's, it's the grace of God... It's the grace that God has toward us that he does not give us what we deserve. That's one way to look at grace. It's his grace toward us that he does, uh, that, uh, he does not give us what we would actually deserve. You know, it is... It is grace that gives us another chance. It's grace that gives you and I another chance. It gives us a place to stand. You might say it gives us a footing, a solid place to start from. That's grace. Grace in our lives. So here we are as human beings, and I think every one of us would admit that we do not live perfect lives, and we do not treat our spouses perfectly, and our brothers, and our siblings, and our friends, and our family, and our neighbors, and our boss, and you, you name it. We just don't live perfect lives, do we? So what if... We always had to keep accumulating all those imperfections and try to launch from that every time, all the time. And all the time have that baggage of all those things we've done wrong. Grace gives us a solid footing over and over again in life. In fact, every day. In fact, multiple times a day. It's grace that gives us. It's the grace of God. It's that, that, uh, 
that assurance in our hearts that God is for us. That's grace. And that God wants us to prosper in our walk. And it's that assurance that gives us, again, the footing and the strength to rise and go on in life. Just trying to give some tangibleness to grace. You might say that grace is acceptance and assistance. Acceptance and assistance helps us move on. Gives us what we need to to move on. So, have you and I been recipients of the grace of God in the last year? Thank you, brother. At least one brother was. (laughs) No, I... We have been, haven't we? We have been recipients of the grace of God. God's grace has been with us. It has helped us. It has, it has done a lot for us. Now the question is, have you and I extended that same grace to our fellow man? To those who we associate with in our lives. Starting at home, in our families and our spouses and our children and working our way out to other associations, our church family and our neighbors and the uh, people we work with and all those kind of things. Do those people feel from us that same thing? That we give them a place To get a footing again if they fail us. We give them a place to get a footing and get going. Or do they feel from us uh, more the type of thing where we'll probably never forget. We'll probably never relate to them well after what they did to us. Or after what happened in that situation. What do we extend to our fellow man? We have been the recipients of grace. Have we extended that grace to others? Let's move on. Have you been the recipient of compassion? Did you know that God is a compassionate God? Have you experienced his compassion the last year? Compassion is des- is described as well strongs uh in in Bible terms, it uses the idea of uh, our bowels yearning, you know, kind of a, that was the way they described kind of the uh, center of man, you know, your heart yearning, feeling for someone. Um, 
Webster says it this way, sorrow or capacity or the, the capacity to feel sorrow for another's suffering or misfortune. So to have compassion is to have sorrow or the capacity to, to feel sorrow for another's suffering or misfortune. Some similar words uh, when we think about compassion, a uh, similar word would be uh, pity. And uh, Scripture actually uses that word a time or two. In Psalm 103, verse 13, like as a father pitieth his children, so the Lord pitieth, pitieth them that fear him. That's the same idea. Uh, God has compassion on us. He feels for us. Uh, I don't have that scripture here, but I just thought of the one in Hebrews where it talks about we have a high priest who is touched with the feelings of our infirmities. That's the idea. He has compassion. He's touched with the feelings of our infirmities. Psalm 86.15, But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. Psalm 111.4, He hath made His wonderful works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and full of compassion. And Psalm 145, verse 8, The Lord is gracious and full of compassion, slow to anger, and of great mercy. <clears throat> so again, just thinking a little bit about compassion, having a heart for others, caring about the things, about those things that are close, that those close to you are experiencing. Uh, having compassion, having a heart that cares what others are experiencing. Being moved in our hearts at the suffering or difficulties that another one, uh, that someone else may be going through. And compassion generally results in appropriate action based obviously on the situation. Uh, we have a we have an example here. I have an example here from Jesus in in uh, in Matthew eighteen, and this is also a somewhat familiar scripture to us. I'm sure Matthew eighteen thirty two and thirty three. This is. Uh, the context is forgiveness in this situation. This Then his Lord, after he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desiredst me. And then he continues with his admonition to the individual. He says, Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And there we have the the, the thought of compassion, uh, obviously the compassion is fully engulfed in, that, in, in what he's saying there, but that compassion then was accompanied by action. And obviously that action is going to be 
different based on the situation, but compassion generally is accompanied by action. So the question we could ask again, just like we did earlier, uh, have you and I been the recipient of compassion from God? And again, I think we have. I trust you have. And then the question, have you and I had compassion or reciprocated or extended that same compassion to our fellow man? Loving God or loving, like Jesus says, as I have loved you. I failed to give the title of the message, and it's pretty simple. It's simply, things I could have done. Things I could have done. Uh, And we'll move on to the third point. We've uh, touched on it because compassion brought it up here, and I'm going to just uh, review that scripture there in Matthew 18 briefly for this one, and I, I think I'm confident that Most of us are familiar with it. Uh, Matthew 18, beginning in verse 21. Then came Peter to him and said, Lord, how oft shall shall my brother sin against me and I forgive him till seven times? And Jesus said unto him, I say not unto thee until seven times, but until seventy times seven. And then Jesus goes on and gives this account. He says, Therefore is the kingdom of heaven likened unto a certain king, which would take account of his servants. And when he had begun to reckon, one was brought unto him which owed him ten thousand talents. But for as much as he had not to pay, his Lord commanded him to be sold and his wife and children and all that he had and payment to be made. The servant therefore fell down and worshipped him, saying, Lord, have patience with me and I will pay thee all. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion and loosed him and forgave him the debt. For For those of you who perhaps haven't made this connection, maybe younger ones among us, but that scripture that we just read is a picture of every one of us. We have owed a debt that we could not pay. And the only thing left to do was to fall at the feet of the master and beg for mercy. And the master had mercy on us and forgave us, just like it says here. But now here a problem develops. We looked at a problem in the devotional this morning. Here we have another problem that develops. That same servant, that person who was forgiven this great debt, had the Lord had mercy on him and forgave him. That same servant went out and found one of his fellow servants, which owed him a hundred pence. And we don't, I don't have the figures in our, our, uh, currency today, but my understanding is they are vastly different from a couple little pieces to a huge debt, and that is probably correct. So he came to his fellow servant, 
who owned who owed a hundred pence, and laid hands on him, took him by the throat, saying, Pay me that thou owest. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet, and besought him, saying, Have patience with me, and I will pay thee all. And he would not, but went and cast him into prison till he should pay the debt. So when his fellow servants saw what was done, they were very sorry, and came and told unto their Lord all that was done. Then his Lord, after that he had called him, said unto him, O thou wicked servant, I forgave thee all that debt, because thou desiredst me. Shouldest not thou also have had compassion on thy fellow servant, even as I had pity on thee? And his Lord was wroth, and delivered him to the tormentors, till he should pay all that was due unto him. So likewise shall my heavenly Father do also unto you, if ye from your hearts forgive not every one his brother their trespasses. That is a sobering scripture, without a doubt. Um, Because we, as believers in Christ, have been forgiven a huge debt. A debt that we couldn't pay. And the Lord makes it very clear that since we have been the recipient of forgiveness, He fully expects us also to extend forgiveness to our fellow man. I don't uh, totally understand the outworkings of this scripture, but it is fairly evident that something not so good will happen if we uh, choose not to forgive uh, those who sin against us. And I think it bears clarifying that uh, forgiveness is not always an easy thing. And forgiveness perhaps at times actually has to be chosen multiple times over and over again. But one thing that is a must, and that is that our hearts must be held up before God saying, I will forgive, not I won't. God understands a heart that is looking heavenward and saying, this is tough. I don't know how I'm going to do it. It is impossible. I can't. But Lord, you said I must. And with your help, I will. God understands that heart. God understands that struggle. The important part is, if, it's, if we find ourselves in a difficult situation, the important part is that we, we embrace forgiveness and wrestle with it, and wrestle with God over it until God gives us the grace and strength and help and that we need to have our hearts freed from the, uh, from the grief, from the burden, from the, and actually be able to commit that situation to God and trust God for it and not be carrying it ourselves, being able to forgive it. We've been the recipients of forgiveness. Have we extended 
that same forgiveness to our fellow man. Our next point, have you been the recipient of patience? The the Bible uses the word patience, it uses the word forbearance, it uses the word long-suffering. All kind of mean the same thing. Uh, Webster's gives us this this definition of patience. It's the ability to wait for a long time without becoming annoyed or upset. Patience. The ability to wait for a long time without becoming annoyed or upset. The ability to remain calm and not become annoyed when dealing with problems or with difficult people or difficulties with people. So the ability to remain calm and not become annoyed. Uh, Just a few scriptures here, Second Peter 3, 9, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some men count slackness, but is long-suffering to usward, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. God is being very patient with humanity, isn't he? Uh, not just, uh, yeah, on every level, really. God is being very patient. He's being very long-suffering because he's wanting... More people to be saved. Second Peter 3.15 An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom, wisdom given unto him, hath written unto you. So God is long-suffering and patient. <clears throat> So again, I guess the question, has God been patient with you and I? I think he has. He's been patient with me. Been patient in our stumblings about in life. The times when we don't always do everything right. We don't always uh, live according to his glorious will. Walk in the holiness that he desires for us. Walk in the love that he desires for us. Walk in the forgiveness that he desires for us. We don't always accomplish it perfectly. God doesn't smack us over the mouth or over the head or over the back when we don't come right up to it, you know, the way he would wish for us. But he's patient with us. Have we, are we extending that same patience to our fellow man? Is that something that we could do? Things that I could have done. Is that something that uh, might be within the scope of things that we could do? Have patience. <clears throat> and then one more point I'd like to think about is just Have you been a recipient of the goodness of God? Uh, 
And I'm going to read just a bit from Matthew 5 here. Matthew 5, 43 to 48. Ye have heard that it hath been said, Thou shalt love thy neighbor and hate thine enemy. But I say unto you, Love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you, pray for them which despitefully use you and persecute you, that ye may be the children of your Father which is in heaven. For he maketh his son to rise on the evil and on the good. He sendeth rain on the just and on the unjust. For if ye love them which love you, what reward have ye? Do not even the publicans the same. And if you salute your brethren only, what do ye more than others? Do not even the publicans so. Be therefore perfect, even as your Father, which is in heaven, is perfect. <clears throat> Have you been a recipient of the goodness of God? This scripture tells us that God uh, makes his Son to rise on the evil and on the good, and he sends rain on the just and on the unjust. That is the goodness of God. Uh, and that's just a very small example. You know, we can look around us, we can look at the bountiful harvest we had another year, uh, we can look at, uh, yeah, just all the opportunities that life affords us in providing for our families and and having comfortable, warm homes to live in and and having a job to go to in the morning and, and all those kind of things that are all a a blessing that come to us because of the goodness of God. And so uh, we, are, we are recipients of the goodness of God. We have plenty of food. We have plenty of clothes. We have comfortable homes. We, uh, yeah, we are blessed. Then the question is, then do we then in turn... Uh, reciprocate that goodness. And this takes us back to the scripture there in, in, uh, that we read initially where he talks about those that uh, I, was, I was hungry and you fed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you came unto me. Uh, Many opportunities in our world to reciprocate the blessings that God gives us and to share them with others who are in need. And then this scripture here is in, uh, that we read here in Matthew is in the context of doing good, uh, even if we're not treated well. Uh, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, do good to them that hate you. Uh, so, that also comes into the context, not just doing good to uh, people that are kind to us, but doing good to people that are not kind to us, returning good for evil. <clears throat> so we've been a recipient of the goodness of God. How have we done in reciprocating that to the rest of our fellow men? So I guess in wrapping it up here, um, I, I bring the question again, or the thought again, uh, of the title, Things That I Could Have Done. 
I, uh, I suppose there would be actually quite a bit more that we could put to this list, and maybe your mind even went to some things. Uh, but things that I could have done. So what would this spreadsheet look like in your and my life if we actually could just push a button and have a spreadsheet before us, an analysis of my year? And you could have maybe all the, all the blessings that came your way from God as the inputs and then the outputs, all the ways that you then reciprocated, you and I reciprocated those blessings. And what would it look like at the bottom of the sheet? <laughs> you know, in this case, we're probably looking for a little bit of a different uh, balance than what we kind of wish for in our business. You know, in, a, in our business, we kind of hope that there is a, a positive balance at the bottom, that the outputs weren't more than the inputs or the, yeah... Uh, in this case, this, the, the, we're, we're talking about a different economy. We're talking about an economy where to get, you give. And hopefully the, the outputs outweigh the inputs, huh? or you try, and you never outdo it. So anyhow, just a, a kind of a closing thought for this uh, year. Um, we have a new year before us. And we have new opportunities. Let's not despair over what we didn't do. But let's uh, seize the opportunities before us. And if we feel like uh, we were lacking in a given area, we have another year before us, Lord willing, as he gives us life. And we have opportunity. We can, uh, we can uh, give it another run. And... Hopefully, uh, do well. All right, maybe we can just bow our heads again and close with a brief prayer. Father, I thank you again for this assembly. Thank you for each one present. Pray, Father, that there could have been something for us all, that there could be a nugget of spiritual truth that could benefit us. Lord, as we close Another year, we live in time, you do not, but this is how we relate to things. We thank you, Lord, for your care in the past year for us. We thank you for the uh, blessing of having the, the hostages in Haiti uh, find their way to freedom. Thank you, Lord, for guiding in that. Thank you, Lord, that... Uh, You're, you have extended much grace to us. We know that uh, the last year and even more than a year have been different in our world with the COVID virus and there have been people's lives that have been directly affected. Loved ones are no longer with them. We recognize those things. We pray for grace for those who have suffered those experiences and continue to suffer. But we also thank you that there was not a widespread uh, loss of life through that situation. 
And Lord, as we as we close out another year in our minds and in our hearts, we pray that uh, we could again with uh, refreshed uh, courage put our hands to the plow, uh, tune into you for what you have for us in the coming year. Seek to do your will in all things, Lord. Seek to do what we can. Things that we could have done, Lord, maybe and didn't do last year, that we could uh, embrace those opportunities this year and make a difference in someone else's life. So again, thank you, Lord. Thank you for, for the opportunities. Thank you for the freedom to place our faith and trust in you and to live, endeavor to live our lives for your glory and for your honor. Again, Father, bless each one. If there are those who would have had a desire to be here and were not able, we ask a blessing on them as well. And Father, may may your grace, mercy, and peace be multiplied to each of us, Lord, we ask in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.